Hey peeps, welcome to this week's edition of the AEW Insider. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benz. Uh, we're a little bit behind, so we're going to do coverage for the week from February 13th until today, the 18th. I'm not going to see what happened on Raw. I'll save that for later in the week, but there is a little bit of news here and there. Uh, let's jump into it. Remember, the AEW Insider and all major platforms. Uh, AEW News first, of course. Jericho announces Rock and Rager Cruise, the second wave, Part Deuce Tour. It's taking place in January of 2020. Uh, it goes from January 20th to the 24th from the Miami to the Bahamas. It'll feature AEW talent. Uh, and it's going to be amazing. If it's going to be anything like it was last year, that thing's going to be awesome. So, you know, put a down payment for your cabin now. Then you have all year to pay it off, people. Don't be idiots. All right. Uh, he went to Triple H last year and asked for NXT to be a talent to be used on his cruise. And of course, WWE turned him down and told him no. They never want to play ball with anybody. So he got Ring of Honor to do it. There's no mention of Ring of Honor so far, even though he, uh, he has AEW. If Ring of Honor was willing to join, it'd be even it'd be even better. So I hope he extended an invite and then also let you know if AEW and Ring of Honor will be working together, which we don't know yet. And uh, it would be nice for him to send an invite. Because they did help him when nobody else did. Uh, Road to Nothing, Road to Double and Nothing episode three premiered. It started off with the Bucks and a, oh my God, Kenny Omega popped in, which is awesome. It is so effing good that Kenny's here. We don't have to go without him any longer. They did a flashback of the pre-sale pool party last week, which I already covered in my last episode. Kenny said they are like family, and with the fan base they have, they cannot fail. They have been given the reins to shape the world of wrestling. It was weird then that the, almost the, the whole Brandy Rhodes, one of my favorites, AEW, had no sound. Her whole segment, she was in the kitchen talking to Britt Baker on her phone. You could not hear anything. I don't know what happened with that. Uh, it was just complete silence. Like, what the F, American Nightmare Productions? You guys are awesome, but you're slipping already. Episode 3. All right, Brandy Rhodes is one of my favorite AEW, as I said. She was talking to us, complete silence, yada, yada. As she flipped through them, all right, and then at the end, the children sitting at a table. She had match cards for Double or Nothing. It had, like, Hangman Page versus Pac on it, what have you. Uh, she was slipping through them, and Cody sat down. He asked her, what about the girls' match? Because she took herself out of it. It's going to be a three-way between Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Kylie. Cody said she was surprised that she took herself out of the match, when she replies that she needs to focus on these gals, and she can't do it if she's going to be wrestling with them. So I hear that. You go, girl. Respect, Brandy. That's one of, that's one of my man's announced people. Then she came across the card with Cody and his opponent, and his opponent's face is blurred out. She said, do you not plan on talking to me about this, or are you just going to go make things happen without me? And the episode ended. So we still don't know who Cody's fighting at Double or Nothing, but it will be a surprise. Could be somebody on the current roster, but I feel it's going to be a star that has not been revealed or that they have signed. We should find out next week, though. I'm hoping it's somebody like Flip. But he's injured, I think. I'm pretty sure. So it has to be somebody big. Maybe his brother Dustin Goldust somehow. Who knows? Stay tuned, peeps, because I know I sure will. This week's episode, of, last week's episode of Being the Elite 138 was very good and funny as always. The cons hooked the Elite and SCU up with tickets to the friggin' Super Bowl. And they had a blast, which one should. I was super jelly. At the opening, they did a mock skit of how WWE makes people... 
excuse me, makes people take off their AEW gear inside and out of live events, which I might add is so screwed up and will wind up working against WWE. Uh, it was funny, though. They were sitting there saying, take those effing shirts off, blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, yeah, my official AEW shirt and hat arrived on Monday. It was amazing. Let them. Let me see, try and have them take it off at WrestleMania week when I go. I'll be at Access and WrestleMania, among other things, that week. And I will be rocking my AEW gear. And I will not be taking for anybody so try it wwe and see what happens all right um uh, yeah let me see um the the being the elite episode show the bucks going to atlanta to scout some tag teams for aew aew is going to be a spotlight for their tag team division heavily and i can't wait they showed hangman and cody at an indie event and cody brought with him aew's biggest star if you ask me his dog pharaoh i love me some pharaoh his dog is gorgeous and screwed with what Trent Beretta and his marks about Cody bringing Pharaoh out with him. Now Beretta's going to have to eat his word and kiss some ass now because Cody is one of his bosses. Karma, Beretta, karma. Uh, they were getting their butts whipped because all of a sudden they were trying to save Joey Ryan's butt again. And then MJF came out to help. One of the best heels in the game right now. I might add that three elite members had a great spot. The crowd loved it and so do I. The MJF stuck his heel persona and stuck to his heel persona and his courage stole the storyline while celebrating in the ring. Cody and him hug and then Cody turned his back. Hangman went to come over and hug MJF and MJF and MJF gave him the biggest middle finger to his face and kind of pushed his face. Damn MJF, messing with Hangman Page. Uh, Cody will one day find out who he really is, but not for a very long time, I feel. Uh, maybe he will soon find out and Cody will be fighting him at double or nothing. As I always say, peeps, stay tuned. Joey Ryan seen him do it and Hangman went to grab him by his throat, but then Cody turned around and MJF played it off by hugging Hangman and Cody. Ooh, then my boy Joey Janela was back with another skit. If you watch his last two, he keeps trying to do like this fireball with his fingers at the end, and he keeps burning his eyes. He burnt both his eyes, so now he's wearing a double patches, so he really can't see. <laughs> anyway, this time he was a farmhand working on a farm on a ranch, and he could not see anything because of his eyes. So crazy hijinks ensued, as you can only imagine. Uh, he wound up burning himself again, and Janela is definitely becoming a breakout star of being the elite. Uh, then the Bucks and Cody were yelling at Joey because they had to keep flying out and flying everywhere and bailing him out from getting beat up every weekend. They walked out of the room and even a cameraman attacked Joey Ryan. He's not safe anywhere he goes. Uh, they let Hangman announce that the seating charts and the prices of the seat for double or nothing. Um, and those guys really are about the fans. A front row seat was only like $211 for front row to the double or nothing pay-per-view. And other seats were low as $36. Elite, you guys are truly the best. And as I'll get to later, that it did sell out. The pre-sale sold out and Dublin nothing sold out. Uh, they ended the episode by recapping the Omega Jericho brought the pool party and promoted them for Dublin nothing. And like I said, the Dublin nothing pre-sale sold out and the regular sold out within minutes. Uh, Jericho had Tony Khan on his talk show, Talk is Jericho. They went over a lot of background on Khan and what a big mark he was growing up about wrestling and how wins and loss records will count. Like any other sports league, they will 
make it uh, watch and matter. I can't wait. He says he wants to do a tag team with him. Jericho wants to do a tag team with him and Kenny Omega versus the Luchas Brothers. Uh, Tony Khan is a true fan. He named a few of his all-time favorite matches, and he definitely named some great ones. Check out Talk is Jericho for this kick anus interview. Jericho also cut his shoot that it was it was him who sold out double or nothing. I love heel Jericho. Jericho had Brian Pillman Jr. on his Talk is Jericho this week also. Great interview. Pillman Jr. is doing big things with the Teddy Hart on the indie scene. I'm waiting for AEW to sign the new Hart Foundation. I can't wait to meet Pillman Jr. at WrestleCon in uh, New York this year. They uh, as they talked about how he called up the Hearts in Canada and went there to train like his father did and seen where his father trained and slept, what have you. People are surprised to hear that Pillman... And the Pillmans are from Cincinnati and not Canada. They were both just trained in Canada by the Hearts. Uh, here's the upcoming schedule for AEW, actually. They don't have their TV deal yet, but they do have their pay-per-views. So May 25th, as we know, is double or nothing at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. June 2019 is an unspecified U.S. show. July 2019 is that uh, event they're doing for gun violence in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm going to try making it to that. August 19, they're going to the Royal Albert Hall in London, England. September 2019, they're doing a pay-per-view all out at the Sears Center in Chicago. And October 2019, their weekly television show begins, Tuesday Night Dynamite. It's going to be awesome. Uh, the new episode of the Elite dropped this today, actually. It started off with new besties, MJF and Cody, having a steak at Cody's house. As soon as Cody walked away, MJF started talking trash on his food and teasing Pharaoh with it, which I did not appreciate at all. They show behind the scenes of Kenny at the pool party, then him and the Bucks and Cody with him about to sign AEW contract, which is sold out, I might add again. They did a backstage skit making fun of themselves as if they were not prepared with multiple things, and Kenny would not sign until they got their acts together. Then it was Joey Janela's time to shine again. He was about to do another fireball when two eye patches covering his already burnt eyes when Penelope stopped him with her new boyfriend, who was Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. That's right, he made it a cameo this week on Being the Elite. Check it out. It was awesome to see Papa Pump. Joey Ryan got jumped backstage in hopes that the Elite would show up. Some people came up to Joey and they beat him up, hoping they'd be able to meet the Elite and try getting a contract. But instead, Scorpio Sky saved them. Uh, let me see. They also did a big skit about Kenny bringing the Bucks to invade an indie show. How the Bucks have been showing up at an indie show every weekend? Kenny wanted to bring them a one. Come to find out it was to the backstage boy, Backstreet Boys show. Uh, which is awesome, because I see Matt and his wife went to go see the backstage his Backstreet Boys, but I didn't know that he'd bring his two besties with him, Kenny and Nick. It was too sweet. On um, a little New Japan news, the new be beginning uh, pay-per-view on February 11th was so good. Top story from it, Jay White, the Splitchblade, is the new, and the new Japan World Heavyweight Champion. He defeated Tanahashi, only 25 years old, taking the belt. Uh, let me see. So that means when we go to the Garden for the Ring of Honor New Japan show, he'll be the champ, and I'll get to see the Splitchblade in person, which is going to be awesome. Let me see what else happened. All right, Tanahashi went to jump off the rope like he does with his finisher move. His switchblade just caught him in midair, hit him with the Blade Runner's finisher for the one, two, three. Then this post-match interview was after it was the best as always. There's some of the best parts in New Japan in the post-match interviews with the curse and what have you. 
Also notable was Taguchi challenging a bone soldier Taji for his junior heavyweight title. I think that besides Tamatanga, Taji is the best in the Bullet Club right now, the bone soldier. Even more so switcher than uh, Switchblade Jay White. This dude is a beast. He's been going to be a huge world champ one day soon enough, mark my words. Taguchi is a clown and always joking and whatnot. He picked the wrong guy to joke with. Taguchi came out dressed like a gimmick that Taji used to use before he became Bone Soldier. Not a smart move if you ask me. Taji came out with the all-new black Bone Soldier mask. It was super hot, and he had the mock of his white mask on his back. We'll get to who won at it, Taguchi and Bone Soldier, when we return. Time to pay the bills from our sponsor. Remember, the AEW Insider people. All right, we've got to give it up for our sponsors, BlackTux.com and Anchor. Remember, the AEW Insider and all major platforms. Now, back to New Japan. The Bone Soldier came out with a new vest. He had his white mask on the back of his vest, and he was wearing a new black mask. He looked dope. Taji had a weird limp to his walk, though. Uh, he is holy crap. He's a quick, he's quick for such a built dude. He's short but quick as AF. Definitely nursing an injury, though, or he's so built he has a hard time walking. Anyway, this match was dope AF. These two had the moves all over the ring in great spots throughout the match. Taji hit him with a sick move. It was a Death Valley driver right into a power slam pin. It was so sick. There were a few more reversals after that. The kick out the bone soldier hit him with the bloody cross finisher and it was a wrap for Taguchi. Then afterward he called out Jushin Fusion Liger who was commenting on the side. Liger got into the ring and they agreed for a fight for Bone Soldier's belt at the next pay-per-view or maybe, maybe excuse me, maybe at the garden. God, I can't wait for Ring of Honor slash New Japan Super Show in April. Okada, a.k.a. the Rainmaker, fought Bad Luck Fale of the Bullet Club also. Bad Luck is the dude. Shiat, the Bullet Club is the effing best in New Japan. All other factors pale in comparison, in my opinion. It was the seventh time they had fought. So far, they're tied 3-3 on such a Bullet Club mark. You gotta love the heels. In the end, though, Okada prevailed, of course. Super weak, nothing special about it. Also, uh, excuse me, the Gorillas of Destiny had a squash match. It was nothing special except the ending. I love me some Tom and Tonga. He's one of the realists, if not the realists in the game right now. And God, they are the bomb. He finished by cracking Yano with the kendo stick and then the stun gun. And then he, he continued to kick the snot out of him. He beat everybody with the stick. The cameraman, the people outside the ring, the young lions, everybody. We're glad that Bad Tom was back. Uh, he then uh, beat everybody, like I said. It was good stuff. Ring Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor and New Japan announced their second night match list for the upcoming pay-per-view named Honor Rising. Definitely a mixed bag of matchups, which is very cool. I'm looking forward for night two to see Marty Skrull versus Robbie Eagles of Bullet Club. And also New Japan Sonata and Evil versus the Gorillas of Destinies, my boy Tama and Tonga. Uh, the Juice Robinson and David Finley versus the Tag Team Chance of Briscoe is going to be really, really awesome, too. Uh, on the WWE news, they screwed my man Becky Lynch this week. Uh, she had a dilemma. Either apologize to Triple H and Stephanie, and she keep her match at Mania. If not, she'd lose her chance. Uh, all night, everybody kept coming up to her, giving their advice. Dean Ambrose went into business for himself, as they call it. He went rogue. He came out to Raw and told Rollins uh, to slay the beast. He was actually supposed to roll cut a long promo about the Shield and Roman Reigns, what have you. Uh, in, the, in that business, it's called going into business for yourself. When you just go out there and do what you want.
want instead of what you're told to do. I think he's going to be doing a lot of this because he's not resigning in April. And I heard they were not happy about it. And you have to expect this because he's not resigning. He's going to do what he wants. What are they going to do, fire him? Um, no. Uh, they can make him sit at home, which he loves doing. He didn't want to come back. He loves sitting home and getting wasted. So WWE is not going to do anything about it, if you ask me. The Revival finally captured the Raw Tag Team Championship belts. They deserve it. Those guys are really good, but it would have been a lot better if WWE did not hand it to them because they've been very vocal and asked for their release a few weeks back. Uh, but best of the luck, Revival. And remember, F the Revival. And oh my God, my favorite news of the week thus far, and a lot of you will hate it, but I do not care, and neither does my baby. Eva Marie is in talks to return into the WWE. Yes. Vince always loved her, and you can say what you want. Before she left, she was doing awesome, and I was very upset when they parted ways, and I loved her gimmick at the time. I cannot wait. I love me some Eva Marie. Speaking of hot women, Corey Graves' real-life wife, who was really hot, took to Twitter with a real text from him, admitting that he has been having an affair with WWE's Carmella. That's right, Corey Graves and Carmella have been smushing on the side. Uh, at least he has good taste. Uh, WWE's wives uh, hates when wives get vocal. You can ask Bray Wyatt what happened with his cheating scandal and look at his career since then. Uh, what you call it? She said that, uh, that he was cheating with Carmella and that was one of their daughter's favorites. Carmella even made a birthday video for the daughter, which they show, which is so screwed up. Corey Ray said, I take this down because WWE will sue you. And since then, the tweets have been removed. But yeah, Corey Gray's has been banging Carmella. Crazy, when that happened, a wrestler came on Twitter and was naming people cheating in the industry, and they put Kevin Owens' name into it, and his wife seen that, so that caused a little beef. So there's mad cheating and sleeping going around in the WWE. Uh, WWE, like I said, hates when people get vocal. Like Bray Wyatt's wife did it, his career is buried. Randy Orton's wife did it when he wasn't on Raw Anniversary 25 because he was on SmackDown. They hate when it's out in the public, so Corey better hush his wife up. Uh, let me see... Jimmy Uso was arrested by the cops with his wife and then tried to swear off against them. I guess somebody's taking his gimmick to the street. Squaring off with the popo will get you shot up. He's lucky. Now rumors are flying that him and his wife are both trying to be fired on purpose. Uh, WWE canceled the Dean Ambrose versus Nia Jax match that was advertised for a while, which I think is a very weak move on WWE. Uh, NWA, there's definitely one big story in NWA. The world champ Nick Aldis came out to gorgeous Camille at his side. I love me some Camille, and she always shows me love on Twitter. Thank you, gal. Anywho, well, he addressed everybody asking if the champ was going to be in the upcoming Crockett Cup, which is a tag team tournament, takes place on the 27th. He said he'd been putting together a tag team, putting... He would be putting together a tag team that night, and it would be with one of his oldest friends who he spent the night with before. He kept saying they were oldest friends that grew up in a business together. Then the villain's music hit. Woo, woo, Marty Skrull. He came out, and they went over the paths. They kept giving each other's props, how they'd known each other forever. And then Marty Skrull said, yes, I will challenge you for your 10 pounds of gold at the Crockett Cup. So, of course, that was crazy. Nick wanted to be a tag team. Marty wants to shot at the belt. He told him he owed it to him. And then um, Nick pretty much said, what else would I expect from a villain? You're on. So they're going to fight at the Crockett Cup, which is going to be awesome. 
It's going to be a barn burner. Uh, Camille has shown uh, has show uh, Camille has a show on YouTube called Road to Europa. I love me some Camille, as I said, and she's very vocal and interacts with her fans on Twitter. She's super cool and gorgeous to boot. The show documents what she does, how she trains, and gets prepared for her different events. Definitely some good insight into the next big breakout star. Definitely check it out, peeps. Camille's show on YouTube. Now, impact news. Well, my number one main Baku, my number one main Buku, Sammy Callahan, and then Austin Aries have been into a major, legit Twitter war. They've been going back and forth, attacking each other. It's been nasty, using real names, everything. Sammy Callahan's the best show, and what he said is about true. Well, true. Austin Aries always takes his ball and he goes home, like a little baby. And what he says is true. Austin Aries always takes his ball and goes home like a little baby. He did it from WWE. Ring of Honor gave him like three belts, gave him a great storyline. When he had to lose the belts last year, he didn't even sell it. He just got up, walked out of the ring, gave people the finger. So Sammy called him on it. They went back and forth. But Sammy's in the right, so get him, Sammy. Uh, let me see. All right, and then uh, what to say is uh, I have to say is whoa, 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 hold the effing phone. Tessa Blanchard, she had an intergender tag match against the Lucha Brothers at Bar Wrestling over last weekend. Peeps, if you have not seen this match, you have to go see it. Tessa Blanchard, Blanchard is one of the best in the games now, male or female. You got to see what she was putting out in this match and what she was taking with the boys. It is amazing. Tessa Blanchard uh, intergender match last weekend, Bar Wrestling. Run and go see it now. It is ridiculous. And my best Joey Styles voice. Oh my God. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Sorry I was so backed up. I promise to be do more. I even have to still do the YouTube video. Like I said, if you don't let me down, I won't let you down. You guys definitely aren't. You definitely listen to the podcast, and I love you for it. Uh, next show, I'll be covering what happened on Raw. A lot of big NXT call-ups tonight, which is crazy. And then everything else that happened during the week. I'll probably do one weekly show, man. Try to put it out on a Sunday before everything big starts and just do a weekly recap. But definitely check out the AEW and Insider on Twitter. Hit me up. Ask me any questions. I'm on Facebook, AEW Insider. WFW Fan Group on Facebook. Uh, definitely check out Jabber Jabber Wrestling Universe, my boys. And uh, just AEW Insider everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, what have you. Show us some support. Uh, again, my name is Lee Benz. This is the AEW Insider. And I'll be back soon enough with another podcast for you. And then definitely looking for a female co-host, so let me know. All right, peeps. Ciao.